Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 15 of A New Year's Gift by John Shower. Shall I, after all this, forget my own experience and run from God in heaven to embrace or seek a perishing toy? Shall I hide myself? with Saul, among the stuff and lumber of this world, when God is calling me to a glorious crown? Art thou, O my soul, a king's son, an heir of heaven, and expectant of such great felicity, and yet stoop so low? Hope for heaven, and yet grasp this earth, and hug the vain appearances of earthly good? Hope to be like to God, and oh, how glorious in hope is that, to partake of his image and live eternally with him and yet be solicitous, anxious, and disquieted about honor and money and a temporal interest, and mightily concerned about the momentary gratifications of the flesh and the enjoyments of this world. Art thou a pilgrim and stranger here, and traveling home to the heavenly country, and yet eager and passionate about earthly things? Should an heart that is set upon heaven, or may be so, and ought to be so, should it burn with such kitchen, such common fire, and neglect the unconceivable riches and pleasures and immortal honors of the other life and the dawnings of that glory upon my soul by the foretastes of it in this? How great! is the disproportion between the heavens and the earth? How vast the circumference of the one and how small a point the other? How many thousand miles doth the sun travel in the heavens while it passeth but one inch upon a dial? Oh, that my affections were carried to heavenly things with a swiftness somewhat answerable to the glorious object. And let their motion to earthly things be rather slow and insensible like that of the sun on a dial, since I profess to believe and wait for the heavenly glory, should I not live as seeking such things as expecting such a glory? And are careless and indifferent thoughts, sleepy heartless prayers, faint and weak endeavors becoming in such a case? Shall I not mend my pace and double my diligence in my preparatory work when I can believingly foresee the blessed recompense waiting for that everlasting light of the sun of righteousness, which no eclipse shall ever darken or obscure for that eternal glorious day, which shall never be closed with an evening. When I shall see the face of God in Christ and be like him, participate more of his image, rest in his love, and dwell forever in the light of his countenance, according to the prayer and promise of my blessed Savior. And ought not such a prospect to sweeten the bitterness of all our intermediate sufferings? We are now oftentimes in heaviness and sorrow, But eternity will be enough for an uninterrupted joy. 
when we shall exchange all our troubles for everlasting rest, our prisons for perfect liberty, our poverty for the riches of God, darkness for light, discord for love, deformity for beauty, our weaknesses and present languishings for strength and vigor, folly for wisdom, disgrace for glory, sickness and pain for eternal ease and health, the animal for the angelical life, imperfection and pollution for consummate holiness, our sighs and tears and sorrows and complaints for triumphant everlasting praise, our losses, affronts, disappointments, perplexities, fears, groans, and death. For crowns and scepters, hymns and hallelujahs, light and life and bliss unutterable, and such great things as are fit for us to hope, but too great to be now particularly understood and talked of, while we know but in part and see through a glass darkly. Yea, it seems as if it were not lawful to utter Second Corinthians 12.4. And now they cannot be expressed or fully known. For I hath not seen, nor ear heard, or can it enter into the heart of man to conceive that prepared glory. Section 11. A Devout Meditation Upon Psalm seventy three twenty five. Whom have I in heaven but thee, and there is none upon earth that I desire besides thee? What is there in heaven or earth, O Lord, but thy presence, to be valued, loved, desired, chosen, sought, or delighted in? There is nothing in either world desirable without thee, nothing certainly above thee, nothing in comparison with thee. In thee alone I trust, on thee I depend, in thee I repose my confidence and hope, from thee I expect all my felicity and salvation. Whatever I can lose, yet with the continuance of thy favor, which is my life, I have still enough, with that I am rich, without it I am poor and miserable, and if I want the love of God, all that heaven and earth can give besides will not make me happy. In thee, therefore, I would terminate all my affections, all my devotions. There is nothing of heaven to be had on earth but in thy favor, image, and love, and the reviving sense of it. And all the heaven I expect hereafter, tis in the more full and immediate communications of these in thy blessed presence." I can desire nothing upon earth. I can enjoy nothing in heaven but thee. Both here and there thou art and shalt ever be my all-sufficient, satisfactory portion, my everlasting all. None else can be the portion of my soul. Nothing else can fill up all its wants, answer all its cravings, be suited to all its capacities appease and charm all its restless motions, 
and give complacence to all its desires and be the proper object of all its affections. What is there else can justly claim my love or pretend to be my supreme affection in comparison with God? Thou art alone the proper center of it. Thine infinite and incomparable excellencies, who art love itself, deserve my choicest love, and thy numberless mercies and benefits challenge it as a just debt, as a piece of homage due from all and of special gratitude also from me. Oh, that I could love thee above all things, who alone art worthy of all my love. Oh, that divine love might be the ruling principle within me to inspire all my thoughts, to regulate all my desires, to set all the powers of my soul on work. Oh, that it might take the full possession of my heart, and so animate and order all my actions to please him whom my soul loveth. If as yet I cannot say with thine apostle, Lord, thou that knowest all things, thou knowest that I love thee. Yet I can say, Lord, thou knowest that I would love thee. Thou hast provided for our happiness by that first and great command of loving thee with all our hearts and souls and strength. But alas, how backward is my sluggish carnal heart to this delightful exercise. Though I have so oft been told that God is love and that he dwelleth in love, dwelleth in God and God in him. O shed abroad thy love into my soul that I may feel the vital power and influence of it, and live continually in the love of God, and that nothing may ever be able to separate me from it. Whom have I in heaven or earth to hope in but thee? I expect more from creatures than they can or will perform, but God can do for me more abundantly than I can ask or think, exceed my largest thoughts, outstrip my highest expectations. And no man was ever disappointed who made thee his hope. When I meet with crosses and wrongs, unfaithfulness, contempt, hatred, and persecution from men, I need not wonder. I was never told by God it would be otherwise here. Do I look for less from creatures and expect more from God? Did I reckon this world to be a state of trial and not a place of rest and satisfaction? My faith and my desires would be stronger with respect to God in heaven, and temporal calamities and disappointments less afflictive and vexatious. And what is there, O Lord, in heaven or in earth, my soul can desire besides thee? Is there anything desirable? but as it is thine, of thee, and from thee, and bears some impression of thine excellence or brings some intimation of thy love? And what can I reasonably desire with that is worth desiring or having, but thou art able to be, and do, and give. This concludes episode 15 of 
A New Year's Gift by John Shower.